If I told you guys that there's a fucking Scotty Cameron shop in Encinitas. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. We walked when we got by it. At the office, yeah. We walked by it. They wouldn't yeah. let us in though. They wouldn't hey, let us go in. <laughs> hey, do you know? Do you know what country club Scotty Cameron is a member of? Oh boy. Let me guess. Uh, mine. Meadow Lake Acres Country Club <laughs> in Bloomfield, Missouri. He is a member at my country club, and that is facts. Um, straight into headlines. Here we go. Guess what? All you conservative, baby boomer, narrow-minded, crypto and 401k haters. You know who I'm talking to out there. For us all, the company thinks you're dumb, okay? They didn't really say that, but I can postulate, can't I? I can make up my own little scenarios here. My title for this article is, For us all doubles down on crypto and 401k with a new coin desk deal. The peeps at 401k Specialist Magazine wrote it slightly different, but um, the concept here is these guys are doubling down on this shit. They're not stopping. They're moving forward. And now they've made a deal with Coindesk, who I would argue is a big, reputable brand name in crypto. And, um, and they're doing something a little different here. If the boys have read this or not, I don't know. Chad looks like a confident guy. Justin's shaking his head no. Um, they've got an index-based type of offering. So this is a little different. So not just Bitcoin or Ethereum would you invest in, but they'll allow you to invest in this. Uh, well, JD, you've got the article here on your computer. They will allow you to invest in what? Like an, an index fund of all kinds of coins, right, Chad? Yep. What do they call it? I've never heard the term that they used. I'm looking over now to figure out what it uh, was. I've heard uh, it called a uh, penny consti stocks. Constituents? Oh, oh yeah. Constituents? No. Is it really? That's not coins. constituents, isn't it? Underlying constituents or coins. Is it really constituents? I didn't know how you spoke constituents. Says. That's a new one for me. How did you pronounce uh, it? But yeah. Constituents? Constituents? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know uh, how I'd honestly go ahead. You still have a thought. Keep going. No, I mean, it doesn't change any of the thoughts we've had so far on the show, right? which is there could be a place for crypto in the retirement plan space. It needs to be a very small percentage that people are allowed to use, but I have no issue in having it as a, as a small offering made available how, to how do you, participants. Let's get past the hump here of having it in a foreign case. So let's assume it goes in. How do you feel about, them being able to invest, say, 5% or whatever small percentage in Bitcoin or Ethereum versus investing in something that's dispersed through, you know, what is it, 28 different coins. I, that kind of caught oh. me off guard because I'm kind of, and I don't have any intelligence to back this up, but I'm not interested in Dogecoin and fucking whatever other coins that are out there. And so I, I was kind of concerned that I'm sure that they're thought this through prudently, but why do they need that exposure into to these other 20? Well, that, we had a guest on a while back that kind of made the, a, a, a similar point. Like if you're going to get into crypto inside the retirement plan space, it should only be Bitcoin and it should be small slivers and percentages. There you go. And, and I agreed with that. And I agree with it primarily because there's still so much unknown in that decentralized world of cryptocurrencies that you know you hear some big names and then you don't hear about some names those same exact company or same exact coins a year and a half later and so you don't typically see stable 
stable businesses shut the doors, but you do see coins go away. Totally. And so I'm not sure I want to be diversified in 28 different coins. Yeah, me neither. That's how I felt. I don't want to go too deep into this. Uh, we'll, we'll move forward. But if you read the article, one of the points that Boris all makes, which I don't think is too much of a stretch, is in this new world of um, stop or helping with the gap coverage and all these new plans that are going to be set up all across the country with Secure 2.0 and the whole nine, they think that young people will be part of those companies. They've been hesitant to have 401ks, to, to participate in 401ks, and that this sliver of crypto that Chad's referring to, Forasol is saying, will entice them to be part of the 401k. Let's be honest amongst ourselves here. For us all is doing that because it's a an opportunity for distribution. They're planning to win a lot of that business because they are one of the few that are offering it. I get more confused, like Ed mentioned in the chat bar, why Fidelity continues to push it so hard. I don't see the upside for them being an early adopter of it in the 401k. I do see massive upside in For Us All doing it because mm -hmm. they're in a growth stage. They want clients. And if this is something that's going to win a niche of a lot of companies out there that want access to it. I get it, but I don't understand Fidelity's push into it. Oh, I, I kind of feel differently, but I don't have time to debate it with you. I, I feel like Fidelity's got a big brand. And if their name can be synonymous with safe crypto in 401k, and by the way, they're not just, it's not just in 401k for them. They want to be safe crypto outside of 401k too. To be first to market or early adopter will allow them to kind of get a head start in the race um that's my two cents how about this check this out um on an unrelated interview that we're going to talk about later mr josh itso oh yep yep um interviews aaron shum at vestwell and aaron shum says he gets asked he says quote it's not really a quote i but he did say something like this um there i'm getting vestwell is getting asked constantly from clients that if they offer uh, crypto or not in their deal, okay? So straight from him. And then he goes on to say, personally, I'm still invested in crypto and continue to be regardless of the um, implosion of some of these companies. Like he's he's behind it. So he, and he thinks that Vestwell will have this type of offering when, I wanna be clear, when like re it has regulation support, you know, when regulators I, are behind it. So he's not jumping in anytime soon, but you know, he's, listen, he's pro crypto. Outside of the 401k space to make a comment about crypto and blockchain. If you have some discretionary income and you're looking to hit it out of the park, why not take a shot at some of this crypto that could potentially have massive rate of returns? I'll massive tell you, rates of returns. I'll, I'll tell you why not take a shot. I'd rather just follow Roby's advice and do the same thing. Well, all I have to say is every time I hear someone saying, oh, I'm sticking with crypto, it's usually people with a lot of fucking money, okay? So good for them. <laughs> well, Mark, you sent a group text to us with this little article about a guy who apparently had two password attempts left to access his $220 million, um, I was going to include it because I thought, good for Mark. He's sending me an article that he wants to talk about. Should be fun. That I found that that is like three years old. But what I found is a related article that's put on by Jumpstart Magazine. Brand's got up here on the screen, and it's a uh, 
top three stories of lost Bitcoin fortunes. And I started to read it. It's pretty interesting. Um, there's this guy, James Howell, who lost his hard drive. Okay. In 2013, 36-year-old engineer James Howell threw away his hard drive and it had 8,000 Bitcoin on it. And come to find out later that it's worth $158 million. He, the hard drive ended up in a landfill in Newport, Wales. And he got permission or has been trying to get permission to excavate the landfill to retrieve his lost drive <laughs> for nearly a decade with no luck. The local government believes that trying to dig up the drive would have first leave, adversely affect the environment and, and are denying his request. The yes, government's uh, already gone in there and gotten that hard drive, yeah, dude. Let's talk, talk about a needle in a haystack, dude. <laughs> hey, dude, 158 million. And then your guy, Mark, his name was Stefan Thomas. He lost his password. And um, let's see. He the okay, I'm gonna read this because it's interesting. Um, Stephen Howard made headlines in 2021 for forgetting his password, blah blah blah. Um the the hard drive known as iron key has been designed to be impervious to all attacks, and so he can't get in there, but um the Bitcoin wallet that Thomas cannot access, 7,200 Bitcoin, it's worth over 150 million. The only way to retrieve the information would be by breaking down, breaking the drive apart, removing its chip, and putting it under a scanning electron microscope to read the individual flash memory cells. So like trying to find the password by breaking it open and looking at it. However, this process will require a lot of money and time. And the chances are that he'd fail in retrieving the information anyways. And Thomas says, this makes me really sad, that says that he has now made peace with his loss. So, so your guy, that was the text you sent us. Um, did and there's did you mention, J.D., I, I, was, I was reading in the chat a moment ago, but did you mention for the dude that lost it in the landfill that he's got venture capitalist money backing him to try to find it now? I don't know. Did it say that? It <laughs> did. So... The, he's got 118 million on there. He's got venture capitalist money that came out. They're they're giving him like 20 million in 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 different resources to go in and find it, and they get 50 right. if they find it. He's donating 60 dollars per person in his hometown where this is at if he does find it, and then he's keeping the other. 30 million. Did you say $60 per person? Just giving them 60 bucks. He's just giving every person in the town 60 bucks is what he said. Amanda, I'm sorry for reading straight from the article. It's just when I read the first time, I felt like, oh, this is really, this is really interesting. I should read it to everyone. It's not usually my style, but I didn't know how else to communicate it. So anyways, there you go. That's our little, that's our little bit on Bitcoin. If I'm still will. really enjoying that JD's wearing a visor. I'm sorry. I just had to say it. <laughs> just supporting my son. Um, why don't I know this by now? Environmental social governance. Okay. I don't talk about it a lot. To be honest with you, it seems kind of boring to me. It It's splattered all over um, the American Retirement Association's websites. I mean, they got article after article about this stuff. And I get it. The reason why it is, and the reason why I'm sharing it with y'all today is that, you know, we're talking about Washington, D.C. here, right? This thing has, uh, it's uh, it's gone through the House, and now it's with the Senate. And so, you know, it's news. What's happening? Read the title of the article. House passes resolution to repeal the Department of Labor's 401k 
blah, blah, blah rule. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we got this new rule basically, and it's loosely written. There's a lot of great podcasts you can listen to about it. Fred Reese and Nevin do a good job of it, but it was loosely saying like, look, you can now choose these types of funds for your plan. Again, if they go through certain screening processes and this and that, but it would be okay for you as a plan sponsor, as a fiduciary to say that it is part of what they do. I'll say it ESG. That is, is why you're including them. And now they're trying to say, no, 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 that wouldn't be okay. You should only pick funds based on the methodology, the quantitative, qualitative factors, you know, the drill. So that is news on that I, front. I, I So something popped to my mind as I was reading this. I'm looking for the actual quote where some guy is just off his rocker and what he says about the funds in general. But Mark, you know what it reminded me of when they're saying what you what you should and shouldn't invest in and and essentially they're saying we'll invest in anything it doesn't matter if it's socially responsible is the golf world and people going over to live and getting a bunch of heat for where they're getting paid from is that's not an abbreviation is i don't it? know i don't yeah. think i'm not sure if it is yeah i don't, I don't think, I don't think it, it is yeah but uh but it made me laugh a little bit because they're you know these folks are getting so much heat for where their money is coming from their pay yeah. is coming from and then we're here saying, eh, it doesn't matter if it's socially responsible. You should just invest in anything. We should have a, I'll drink for it again if it is, a live golf investment no. inside it's the 401k. Yeah. No, it, it doesn't, it's the Roman it doesn't count. The Roman numerals are 54, yeah. which is a square yeah. hole on a par 72 course was birdie. Thank you, Hackler. Chad, I'm curious. Are you, are you for giving the protection for hippie plant sponsors to choose these types of funds? Or are you just saying... I don't know, we should protect the employees and the participants by making sure we have, you know, standardized screening processors that don't play in, that don't factor this in. Like, let's just pick good investments. No, I'm saying it should be its own asset category and there should be its own screening process and maybe not compare it to the common nine style boxes and allow it to be in lineups. You can't give, you can't indemnify them just because they want to offer it. They need to make sure that the investment yeah. is prudent to be in the menu. But I do think oh, that there should be some protection if they want to put it in. Indemnify. I love gets, it when people say that. That gets controversial. Like, well, yeah, how would they stack up in terms of costs and all that stuff, performance? You'd have to stack them up against their peers. You can't what stack is the, them up what, against the Justin, what is, what is the cost matter if, if that's what somebody believes in, right? Somebody goes to the store and picks an Just organic. Don't or, make it right, Mark. An organic, I buy Diamante Dobell and it's more expensive than but, cheap tequila. Right. They buy an organic apple and not one that's been, I guess, peed on or something. Like I'd buy the regular ones. Consumption, but that's fine on your own, Mark, as an individual investor. But now as a fiduciary and as a plant sponsor, I have a responsibility to put a menu of funds in front of my participants and I must act in their best interest. This is what this whole world we live in is about. Therefore, I got to put the right stuff in front of them to grow their investments. So it's not a personal choice. It's now a, a, a company-wide choice. And so you can't have a whole company that feels that way. And anyways, all we're doing is recreating the debate that's happening amongst right. Uh, unfortunately, Republicans and Democrats, which I don't feel like this should be so political. It should be a very this should be an argument between Fred Reich and someone else, you know. But anyways, it is what it Mark, is. Mark, so. you didn't ring me up, buddy. Stay tuned, people. The the um, there you go. The Senate 
it has a small slant towards the Democrats. I think in the House, this thing went pretty much down the line of parties with one person from the Democrats sliding over to the Republicans. And the Senate is going to be really tight on, on this thing, too. So, so yeah, that's kind of exciting to watch. Um, let's you know, it's like, super exciting. You know, it's more exciting than that. The wheel. The wheel of ice. Totally authentic, never wrong. God Bring them up. 200. Mark, are you capable of drinking? Do you want me to take it for you? Wait, why 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 wouldn't I be capable? Hey, everyone sickness in your house. Everyone, well, well, Mark. It's just COVID. Well, Mark, it's not like it's flu symptoms like you had. Well, Mark pounds this smear enough ice. I want y'all to know that he is in the bottom of his daughter daughter's bunk bed, um, doing this, and his son is on the other side of the room, going, "Daddy, why are you drinking that so fast, Daddy? I don't understand." Um, okay, podcast. You know, I love it. So, y'all know this. Um, he, our boy, it's so damn it. I didn't mean to say it that time. It's, <laughs> he's back on his podcast horse. Yeehaw. He's back on there, Chad. It's been a little while. Month. He's taking a break because he's been dragging in so much freaking new fiduciary RX biz. He can't breathe. So he finally got up for a little bit of air. Uh, what? I got another one. Prescription. Well, shit. Um, anyways, he's got Aaron Shum as his newest guest, the uh, you know, the best well dude. And um this pod can could inspire several conversations. I just want to say that uh I was really excited to listen to it. I've shared with everyone on this podcast before that I still feel a bit of black box when it comes to Vestwell. I'm a fan. I'm not anti. I'm not. I'm you know, not. Gu- you know, he's huge. Keep it right? clean. Is he? I'm not guideline. <laughs> I'm not guideline sucks like Samson on on guideline, and I, I definitely don't have the same opinions that I have about human interest that I have about Vestwell. And one of the main reasons that is, and I would have said this if he, is he really here? If he's here or he's not, here. Yeah. is yeah. I would have said I would have said uh, he came out at pro advisor from the get go, so he kind of had me at hello with that. So now I'm just kind of being a critique I, of his his little CEO speeches that he gives out there in the world. And you when were I, ready for that one. When I saw that he was on this podcast, I'm like, oh, Itso's going to really hit him with some good questions. <laughs> this is phenomenal. <laughs> so well, Josh is going to hit him with some really good questions. And so I tuned in. That I counts, watched, buddy. Uh, uh, okay, give me two. No, there's no, 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 no. I owed you one. It's fine. Time. It's fine. I listened to all 48 minutes. They talked about great stuff. They talked about, uh, you know, convergence. They talked about third-party administrators. They talked about fee structure. They talked about user experience. I mean, it's a great podcast. Everyone should listen to it. But when it comes to understanding what makes Vestwell cheaper, more efficient, a better user experience. I was still left, Aaron, if you're listening, I was still left going, where is it? What is it? How does it work? <laughs> I've heard about the DocuSign thing, bro. I get it. You've worked really hard with DocuSign. And so people can go in and efficiently sign this. 
Wonderful. That's great. It really is. But when, when ITSO asks you what makes y'all like modern and efficient, your answer was internal operations. Like, oh, we worked really hard at like how we did things and, and where the problems were and fixing them because we couldn't just go after a new business. We had to really build it up from the bottom. So the fuck do I with my company? Like, that's exactly what I do. You're supposed to give me something more than that. And I'm still waiting for it, Aaron. And I would like you to share it with the rest of the world. Got well, to experience maybe, it, JD. Yeah, maybe he doesn't want to tell everyone everything because that's <laughs> the successful part of his business, okay? Well, he did yeah. say... That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> he did Here. say that. A lot of advisors are testing him out. And so, and so he's getting a lot of, a lot of people are liking it. So maybe that's very true. If, if they're testing it and liking it and bringing him more business, sorry, Chad, you had a thought. Well, no, I, I, I had the same specific to the third party administrator part of the conversation. I had the exact same thought is remember he came out, they came out to the community and said, this is what you're going to charge. Like, this is what's going to be the compliance fee for the work that you're going to do. If we're going to sell you in this package product with Vestwell. And, and many third-party administrators say, like, how are you controlling our costs? And he said, look, you may be making less per plan, but because you're going to be doing less, your margin's going to be thicker. Well, and, and the not whole just, time, not just, well, doing less, yes, but also volume. They're going to funnel business to you. Yeah, we don't need more. We don't need more volume. Well, we don't, don't talk about uh, us. But, but talk about, yeah. In general. Um, but, but I'm looking at this yeah, going, well, yeah. what are we talking about right, right now? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Some money. <laughs> no, what I mean is we're growing at a very good, healthy rate, hey, but, but back to the point, I looked at that and I said, what are you going to take <laughs> off of our plate to make this more efficient? The same comment you're having on how they're able to streamline these procedures. I didn't see anything different in terms of what our role would be, our response, our time, our ability to pull data getting census information yeah if you're feeding us clean census data that's a massive relief from the compliance administrator's shoulders but well I, I haven't seen anything different yet and that's where i'm struggling with it i got asked this question by uh a, a broker dealer today same thing are you guys working with festival and i said yeah we are we have a handful of plans it's going really well um happy to to, to continue to find advisors that want to do business in that direction but i haven't seen anything that that shines here's so the, far. Here's the thing, if I'm if I'm honest and not angry, I actually am such a fan of Vestwell because I've told you guys, I think it would be great to, to sell something new, something innovative, it's something different. fresh. So I'm such a fan of it that I'm actually sitting there waiting like a kid on Christmas morning for Aaron to come in a Santa Claus outfit and bring me the present and open it up and show me. I want him to say these like phenomenal things about his tech stack and how his tech stack can work 10 times faster. What's in the box? Than the, than What's the in the box? Than the legacy providers. And I want him to show me like, look, let me show you down into the weeds. This is how we're able to do these things differently from our competitors. And instead, since you're here, Aaron, if he still is, he might already kicked out and upset. Instead, I'm getting chief executive officer circle talk out yes. of you. I'm getting, and so Aaron, you are no longer in the presentation to the venture capital people. You are now in our industry. Tell us so we can tell everyone else how fucking great you are and the shit that and you're doing. But and so that so we can far, embrace it. it. 
I would love to become more efficient operationally as a third-party administrator. Love to. And if, if that's something you've created, teach me. <laughs> teach me. Um, let's see. <laughs> he did talk on a positive note. He talked about white labeling for advisors. So if you're that's a big wealth, wealth management firm and you want to get into 401k, Vestwell can help you kind of make it your own baby. Great. That's a good thing. I think that's solid. Um, let's see. You talked to, you talked about managed accounts. I won't go there because Aaron's here and I'm going to get negative on that one. I, I feel go to the managed accounts part. It's about three quarters way through watch it. So ask Aaron about managed accounts. Oh shit. And the role that advisors have in it. And I feel like the whole conversation goes into some, some black hole in the universe and gets spun around in some weird way. Like it's, it was asking about, I didn't get to that part. The advisor, the core menu, do they, do they, is it the core, core menu from the funds? Is it, and I just kind of got lost on it all. Um, but what I heard was that they can answer three questions and they can pull information from other data from other places and they can get the participants set up on a managed account service. And then 65% of them currently is their take rate. Like 65% of participants are choosing this managed account thing. Um, and then he, we'll move on because poor Aaron doesn't want to hear me keep ripping on him. But then uh, he talks about doing correction in real time. We've talked about this on the show before. They can correct mistakes on their record keeping system in real time. Aaron, the next podcast you're on, tell me what that means. Like, what are you talking about? Like what mistake, what thing, and what value does it have to an advisor that's doing that? And then lastly, they talked about loans and distributions, and apparently they can bada bing, bada boom, crack these things out really quickly and send the wire really quickly. Call me a boomer. That scares the fuck out of me right now with cybersecurity and all this shit. Like, I don't know if I. Oh, want now you're just being negative. <laughs> now you're just being negative with that one. Don't stretch it to there. Hey, the real time corrections, the way I understand it, which I think is what your paychecks and automatic data processing have been pitching for years, which is we have the data right then. If we see that someone's getting a contribution that shouldn't be eligible, we're correcting it. We're not putting it in the trust. If we see that someone's getting a matching component and they they shouldn't be, we're correcting it right then. It's it's not going to hit the trust. I You're think talking that that's about what like all, all the data all the time, kind of clean and, and along actively the way. scrubbing it during the process. Interesting. Well, I'll tell you yeah, how much Aaron I've... says yes. I'm pretty sure that's what they're and that's that's sexy and attractive to me. You know what I love now is on the shows when you comment just to the hosts and panelists that everyone sees it. It's like, it doesn't work anymore. Um, okay. Well, I love festival so much that I, even when I was writing some of my notes for the show and I have a lot of them that we're not going to talk about, I was thinking, I would love to try, like, I even had this thought, I won't do it because I'd be improper fiduciary, but I'd try my own plan. Like I, I would love to see this thing from the inside out. So Maybe I can start asking some of the advisors and clients that we have that use Vestwell what their experience is like, and I can learn a little more. So what's the moral of the story? I still love Vestwell, but I'm still waiting to hear more of the, the details, the things that make it different from the other ones. Um, hey, uh, Aaron, if you're actually listening, I, I have a proposition because I know sometimes hearing JD just rant on and on and on and on can get a little bit annoying <clears throat> let's be honest you really want to get to them oh wrong side 
you just throw a little Vestwell logo right here on my <laughs> robe. And then JD has to see it every Thursday night for 60 to 120 minutes. It's a balls in your court, Aaron. Just saying. Well, I on a positive note, I will tell you that Shum was dressed dope as fuck as usual. Yeah, it was he had solid. a little, little V-neck vest over his crisp white dress shirt, and then a suit the jacket collar popped out with a, with a pocket handkerchief, Ooh. all well thought out in different shades of gray. Is at least how it appeared on YouTube, and I was like, bro, ten out of ten. Guy dresses like a freaking stud um okay we're gonna try a new segment tonight people um i don't have a name for it call it product spotlight until someone can name it something else but i thought it would be fun instead of having a guest on for the whole show every time wouldn't it be cool if we could just pop someone in for 10 15 minutes and wouldn't it be cool if it could be like a product spotlight let's find something new that's out there that we're not all aware of, you all out there in chat bars aren't aware of, we here at Retireholics don't quite understand. And we can talk to that company, that person, and get a better idea of what we got going on. Today, we've got Jeffrey Thaw. I'm going to call him JT. Um, he's, I hope I can do that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you guys answer that's, for him. That's exactly how I go by. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, nice. cool. JT. Do your research. You got it right. Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> okay, JT. Um, you're from the company Beagle. Um, and uh, to be clear, for everyone listening in, and hopefully JT's ready for this, um, we uh, you are going to be playing by Retire Hogs game rules for the 10 to 15 minutes that you're here. So hopefully you're sipping on a beer. And if you, has he got a beer? He does. Very nice. And if you say any acronym or initialism, which I've been doing a lot of tonight, <laughs> you must drink from your, your penalty drink. And I would encourage you to complete at least 12 ounces of beer in the next team in the next next <laughs> in the next 15 minutes. Um, okay, Jeffrey Beagle. Oh, oh, oh everyone in the chat bar should know it, this came across my radar because of Samson. Samson ran into it. He thought it was really cool. Uh, I think it's centered around finding people's kind of lost 401ks these days. They're sitting oh. at all kinds of different employers. And so they can go to your site and kind of discover where their old 401ks are. Tell us more about this. Because if I'm getting that right, it sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. And thanks for the, uh, thanks for the intro, Jim. Um, you know, for us, what's mind-numbing and I've been in the industry for 24 years of financial services. Uh, what's mind-numbing is that there's more than 30% of 401k accounts out there that are just left behind. Uh, we call them orphans. People have just left them behind as they jump from job to job, from employer to employer, right? And on top of that, there's about $100 billion of completely forgotten, like completely forgotten and lost 401ks that are forced out, people aren't aware of them, and that number is some 20 million plus accounts out there. And uh, as you guys know, with uh, job tenure shortening these days, yeah. I think the, the average is about two to three years these days, the problem only gets worse. So we, we started to uh, develop a solution back in 2020 <laughs> where we help people track down their old retirement plans. Um, so, so people obviously need help with their finances for, for various reasons, but retirement is one thing. 
And uh, so last year we had about 800,000 people use our platform. Last year? Damn. Last so year. I, I yeah. saw the $800,000 number. I didn't know this was in like I, a 12 month period. Yeah. How, and, fuck, and so how are they finding how I didn't even, I live, breathe and sleep from K. I had no idea about Beagle and meetbeagle.com. How are they finding you? Yeah. So people come to us for one of two reasons. Dogs. Real dogs. <laughs> right. Dogs. Uh, we get mentioned uh, a lot when Beagle comes up. Um, so people come to us for one of two reasons. One, to locate all their 401ks. It's a simple search. They put in their information, give us permission to go do the search on behalf of them. We can do a comprehensive search and tell you where all your 401ks are. We are the most comprehensive 401k search provider available Jeff, in the market. JT, JT, but how do they find out that you... How did those eight? No, we're not. We're not counting oh. it, Brandon. We're not counting it. We're not counting. No, oh. JD, we're not counting it. Help yeah, it's out. been direct to consumer primarily um, until until late last year, when we started to hear from employers reaching yeah. out to us because their employees had heard about us. They were using us. They were talking about it to HR, and some of these yeah. HR board bring them up participant board folks came to us and said, "Hey, um, what is the solution that you've got?" Continue or you know, drink slide, you finish your thought. You us too. Um, okay, I like this. I like that the company's gonna get involved now. I like that the you said you're direct to partic participant. No duh, I get that. I just was saying, how did they know that you eight hundred thousand seems like a lot to me? And I, I was drunk at the Super Bowl, but I didn't see a Beagle ad. And so I'm <laughs> I was just trying to figure out like how they figured out, but that's okay. We can talk about that a little bit later. Wait, did you just say you were drunk at the Super Bowl? Were you well, there? No. Word, no. Word of mouth has got to travel fast, JD, when you get into a large company that's got 15,000 employees, 20,000, and a couple of them search and find, I'm sure that it travels pretty quickly through a group like that. Um, can I ask about the specifics? Um, hang on, I'm tapping in the chat bar. I can only do one thing at a time. Um, Jeffrey, how does how does this work? Like, what am I missing? I don't know how to find. Where's the data to find old account? I understand scrolling fifty five hundreds. I understand, but where I don't connect the dots for me. Where does this data exist? Yeah, yeah. Um, imagine you're a participant and you're looking around for your four hundred one k's, right? Um. But it would take well, you I, I would personally enormous... go to my old employer to where I would start. But <laughs> right. But help right. me out. How do you guys find out where they are? Yeah, we use primarily technology, but there's a services element behind it too to make a search comprehensive, right? There, so it's a combination of technology and services. And it's part of our tech IP. What we do is we go scour for the 401ks across different databases. You can keep is there, keep is there a long form for 401ks? No, that wasn't it. it was no, it wasn't it. No. Yeah. Keep okay. talking. And you can always drink um, later. Finish your thoughts. Keep going. And so we scour all these databases. You mentioned one being the DOL 5500 records, Bring but there are a bunch of others. Um, and we cover 401ks for 3Bs, 457s, TSP, the federal plan. Uh, we cover state plans too. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Keep talking. And, and that's it. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, but so but the participant the data isn't in any of those resources, right? right? So do you have to go directly to the provider at that point and then try to get them to search if there's a social security number that carries an, a, an old asset there? 
Correct. We get the um, the person's name, uh, social, date of birth, and address, right? And yeah. um, a lot of times they give us their old employers as well, so we yeah. can go search for them. There we go. So this and so is you not, can search, okay. find the provider, then search the specific providers. Like if you look at my working history, I've had a company where they were at Empower and I had a company where they were at Fidelity. And then, you know, these are the places we need to go search to try to find Chad's lost balances. Right. And we send you links that give you access to those accounts. Oftentimes we find that people have never set up an online account, uh, sure. even though they've That's gotten surprising. statements quarter after quarter. That's right? Not surprising. Hey, I, like I said before, like this is my industry. Uh, I own a company. I live, breathe, and sleep it. I this might shock people. Sorry to give personal info, but I was once a tennis coach, and out of high school, yeah, believe it or not, and uh, and we had a little a little four hundred one k plan. Uh, I'm sure it goes under a different name, whatever schools do or whatever. It wasn't a four hundred three b, but uh, anyways, I've got like twenty five hundred bucks or something in this thing. And I, and they followed my address and I get paper statements and my whole career, I've been like, oh, I should go get that 2,500 bucks. I should go get it, but I never do. So here I am as someone who is actually, I know where it is, but anyways, so if I could not doing it, of course it's for lots of people out there, but so back to the point of like, so you're, I'm going to go onto your site, give you my information. It's not going to happen in a blink of an eye. Cause it sounds like there's some legwork to do. So what's the turnaround time? how soon are you going to come back to me? And what does that look like? Are you sending me an email, letting me know? That's exactly it. Uh, in one to two days, we send you an email with the search results. One to two days. Okay. You send me an email. We're running out of time. We got about seven minutes left here. If we can use it. Okay. Got the email. Great. Thanks, Jeffrey. I really appreciate it. I'm going to go to these old employers do whatever I need to do, but I'm guessing there's more for you now. <laughs> you're going yeah, so, to so. help me consolidate them. And I'm assuming this is going to Venn diagram into how you actually make some fucking money here in this process, right? Or Yeah, so so people people log into the links that we send them. Um, they can reset their passwords at Fidelity, Vanguard, Principal, you name it, right? And uh, And they access them, they find their balances, and they go, okay, well, I need help consolidating them. Most of the time, they will want, ask us to consolidate into their current 401 case, right? That's the majority of folks because okay. they just want to have it in one place. It's hard to allocate your course portfolio appropriately when you have disparate and accounts, Beagle right? and Beagle helps them do that. Absolutely. So, oh, so the way we get paid to your question is for each rollover, we charge forty five dollars to the participant. So, no cost to the advisor, no cost to the employer. It goes directly to the particip participants who've been paying for it. And that's how we make our money. Wow, I'm blown away here. You're too and, much of uh, a Boy Scout. And the first rollover includes uh, the full search for 45. 45 okay. bucks, the full search, and you're going to help me moving into my current 401k or basically wherever I want to do it. You've yeah, got me, all, you got my, my jaws on the ground right yeah. now. Jeffrey. And all the, all where, the where have you been all my life on the 800,000 clients last year right now? <laughs> hey, yeah. I would, I would recommend that everyone jump on this as quick as possible. <laughs> if, if you're a participant out there on YouTube watching this, you should do this because Jeffrey's not going to be in business for very much longer. <laughs> um, I, I gotta say, um, 45 bucks it's hard for, to do it cheaper than we do. Right? Of course. It's hard to be. Yeah. But I guess you, if you've, if you've got eight, 800,000 people, Mark, can you do me do the math? 800,000 people leveraged the technology. Uh, what if there is no rollover that you find? Is there still a charge of those people you do the search for? 
No, we do tons of searches wow. where people are, I don't know, they, they think they contributed, but they didn't. They didn't elect to and contribute. And you find nothing. Right? Huh. And, and I find nothing and we tell them and it's a refund. How how many of the 800,000 are you guys actually doing uh, rollovers for? Oh, uh, a and good can you, double and, digit percentage. And I, can, I you think, time, um, can you times that number by $45 for me? <laughs> yeah, I, I think my partners would rather my take a shot than uh, disclose that. Yeah. Oh, um, hey, Jeffrey, it's, it's just it's, math. <laughs> Jeffrey, where, JT, where JD was leading us earlier was, will you take on rollovers? Will you guys access or, or, or take on that responsibility of aggregating? And is there a an additional source and in fee income for you all if you go that route. So let's say they don't want to push it to a 401k. Do you have a, yeah, do you have a rollover solution yourself? We have, we have a $4 a month flat fee IRA. It's not asset-based fee. Um, so it's actually pretty cheap. Um, and, and it's really for people, we give them all the choices, right? They can roll over current 401k. They can consolidate into their current IRA. If they don't have an IRA and they're looking for solution, we say, hey, here's one possible route. Um, but, you know, Betterment, Wealthfront, we offer all of that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So you, That's awesome, you, just, man. you just went from Boy Scout to like, you know, Boy Scout that sneaks off to have a cigarette once in a while, which He's is charging totally $4 a month. No, no I, I mean, just, that's great. Um, yeah, but just tell me that from the beginning. Okay, it's perfect. Okay, it still seems very cheap to me, this whole thing. Um, I got to sit back and start doing the math on it. I have one last please question. Please don't do that. Come on. <laughs> I have one last question is, uh, okay, and I, and I think this is the missing piece of the puzzle here is that 800,000 that are finding it, uh, is this just like, is this SEO on Google? Yes, I'll drink for that. Is this like, are you paying for advertisements? Like how the fuck? That's a lot of people that have been exposed to Beagle and used it. That's very, very impressive. And so I just want to know how you accomplish that. Yeah, I think once you start looking at one of our ads, you're going to see it over and over oh. again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're, uh, we're right. pretty much everywhere. So it's ads. Um, I guess I have time to slide in another one then. Um, any any venture capital funding or outside money? Like what's what's behind this thing? We're we're venture backed. Venture backed. Man, we're gonna make money. See, these venture capitalists are not dumb. They know there's money involved then if you're getting that kind of, of dough to, to get running. I have to say though, I tend to be pretty anti outside industry people coming in venture capital backed to do things. And I'm not trying to be nice to you because you agreed to be on the show here, Jeffrey, but this one Beagle seems to make sense to me. It seems safe. Doesn't seem like you're trying to do anything crazy. You're providing a service that I've seen the chat bar talk about. We all don't have, we don't really have anything like this. It's needed. It's necessary. So um, not that this will be part of this segment. We won't give people thumbs up or thumbs down when they come in, <laughs> but I, I'm for now I'm ad-libbing and I give you a thumbs up. Like, okay, I'm interested. Um, I think as my brother in the chat bar said, I should try to take my high school uh, coach money and roll it into my current 401k with Beagle. And I'm saying right here in front of everyone, I will gladly pay the 45 bucks and uh, and try to do that and kind of experience the situation. That should be fun. Yeah, no, appreciate the kind comments, guys. Yeah, no. Okay, cool, everyone. 
That's Beagle. And that's uh I'll drink. keep doing the good work, JT. Yeah. Thank you. Thank well you done. so much. Dane, well done. Cheers. All right, man. See ya. See ya. Okay, shit. Go Giants. Go Giants. He is a Giants fan. This is where I think uh, we hey. can talk about it. But you know, you, you know, when when uh, when that the provider world stopped doing a good job tracking lost balances, there came all these search engines that came out, right? D- different companies saying, "We'll we'll help you continue to communicate with your employees that have left the plan." From a notice and disclosure standpoint, this is the other side of it. This is people saying, "There's money out there. How are you going to find it for me?" And they've built a tool and a resource for the consumer side of this. I love it. You know me though. I I still struggle with the. It was Ed in the chat bar that agrees with me as like struggling with the profitability. These, uh, these why is that your worry? That's not, I mean, it, I'll tell you why. Service. We're not telling. We're not saying we're parking our money with Beagle. They're using a custodian if you're using the individual retirement account side. But otherwise, they're helping you facilitate a rollover. For anytime. Anytime. All right. Well, and what, by the way, Samson brought it to us. Plan sponsors are now starting to be aware of it. This is not just a direct-to-consumer thing. So anytime, the whole reason it's on the show, Chad, this this show's not for participants, it's for advisors. And so my concern with things that are venture capital-backed and don't make sense to me from a profitability standpoint is will they be here in two years or four years or five years? And I don't want Samson to run around to his... 150 clients saying that this is a great thing and putting his endorsement on it. But and no. that's just, I'm answering your question. You asked me why I care, Chad, and I'm honestly answering your question. That's why I fucking care. But it's, I think you're wrong in the, the need for that. This is a one-time solution for an individual employee. And so, yeah, that company is going to hire on a few new folks, but, but this isn't a, this isn't a, a tech stack piece that's going to be ongoingly used by a company year well, after then, year. Then, then it's shame a one-time on, search. Then shame on me for putting it on this show, Chad, because the whole reason it's on this show is because I think the advisors that tune in can say, hey, Beagle, this makes sense for participants in my plans to go out and look up different things. And I don't Absolutely want them- it does. Well, but it's not an ongoing thing. So imagine he goes to his 50 clients and says, Hey, I wanna, I wanna encourage our our participants to do this. We may find some extra money. And now he uses it in the future with, with new prospects. Hey, this is something I help my clients yes, do. Many yes. employees have these outside balances. Love that. So Love that's that. the way he continues to use it. It's not a, hey, client, let me position this as a service and I'm going to do this with all of your employees every year because it's not relevant. It's a one-time search for those employees. Maybe for new new employees, you could say I'm going to do it for them. But I'm very, there's very You've little worry me. in my mind about them sticking around. You've lost me there. I, what I don't want is Samson to build it into his model build it into his proposals, build it into his internal operations, build it into his value add. <laughs> the, remember, the original question was, I want Samson to do that if it makes sense. You asked me why <laughs> I wanted to know if it was profitable. And that, you could ask that same question of me of why would I want to know if a record keeper is profitable? Because I don't want to do business with them if they're going to close their doors in four day, in four months or four years, sorry. I think that's different, though. We can move on, but that's it different. Is, it is slightly different, but it's not completely different. One's a transactional service. It's a one-time yeah. thing. The other one is an ongoing service. Bro, I we do transactional services at Plan Design Consultants that I don't want to bring something in, snap it onto my model, and have it break in two years. 
right? Maybe I maybe I maybe I missed this because I don't I didn't do any research. How long has Beagle been around? Uh, I, I think last year was their full full. He year. said twenty twenty one is when they started creating it. So yeah, when they were building, hasn't it. been around long. Um, let's uh, let's go to something lighter. Let's let's see what Chad's opinion is on this. Um, four hundred one k fashion. I got a text today from uh, three industry people. Two defined contribution investment only friends of mine sent me a text and and what the third person is an advisor chad no second person is a record keeping wholesaler oh good point this is perfect defined contribution investment only record keeping wholesaler and an advisor all sharing the same fashion brandon tell me you've got this there we go okay this is a problem in my opinion here um Oh, you saw it when he zoomed it in, right? It's hard to see right now, but thank you, Brandon. Um, But it's this, uh, you know, the thing we've talked about on the show before. It's the vest over the dress shirt. It's like a plague, people. It's it's getting everywhere now. Dude, well, I got to take my robe off. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you even own one, Mark. (laughs) It's accepted. It's it's got the corporate thumbs up. Apparently, it has it has it's hot that robe, guys. It has morphed and jumped from from DCIO to record keeper to advisor, like it's the CPA. It, it spreads fastly, quickly. What, there's a name for this, right? You introduced it's it to me when we were in Chicago. Oh, no, yeah. Town uniform. Just a yeah. But my point is, oh gosh, it has clearly gotten out of hand okay now we need to assess this a little bit why why has this happened i'll tell you what at least two or three of those guys were forced to wear suit and ties for a large part of their life so they are giddy with this new option that corporate has apparently endorsed i personally am one you know i used to go pick up my um my daughter and my son at high school from time to time and you'd see no offense to 15-year-olds that are watching this show, which is nobody, but um, you'd see like three, a group of four or five 15-year-olds walking down the sidewalk together, and they all were wearing like van slip-ons and the same kind of pants and some kind of similar like sweater or jacket. I'm like, okay, you're 15. You have low, you know, low self-esteem, low self-confidence. You, you're you're growing up, you know, trying to figure yourself out. And so you want to be part of a crew, of a culture, of a thing. I get it when you're 15. These are grown adults copying each other, wearing this. Look at Troy and Matt. They're wearing the they're, same fucking shirt. They're not copying each other. It is a style <laughs> that is endorsed and in. And so they're choosing to sport it. I, I mean, I... Th- to the depth of me, I hate it, but I it's just a style. Okay, G. can I throw something out there for you? There's some other alternatives. Okay. And I'm we just saying, can't all afford Gucci shoes. No, no, no. I'm just saying this as an industry. Mark, I love you. Um, I'm saying this as an industry. Dude, I've been <laughs> holding Why I was like, I thought you were gonna start the show with this. So I I, dra- <laughs> I had the robe oh. over this. You look like been... I was like, man, you're I've been sweating. I've been trying to keep my sleeves from showing everything. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, God, I can finally, I'm getting out of this. Here's the thing. No, okay, fine. I understand 
the positive of losing the suit and tie and going to this. I get that. But why, why can't we go like quarter zip up nice sweater dress? So we're all going to be that's that too. No, 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 no. That's 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 the same thing. Why can't corporate endorse that? These are other options. Why is this their only option or why is everyone doing this? Like, it, are we all just copycats? Fucking East Coast thing. No, I, honestly, it's East Coast people. Yeah. It's spread. My, it's come to the West shit, Coast. Yeah, no, what we don't see, and this is the key here, and I'll be honest, this is very key, is we don't see their pants. Okay. And here's my thought is mm. I think a lot of them wear it with jeans. So they feel as if, like, having jeans on, like having the vest kind of makes it look a little dressed down again i'm not i'm not agreeing with it and by the way this vest was sent to me in a box of stuff from my buddy who works for travis matthew i did not purchase this vest nor would i ever it just happens to be in my closet i saw the picture and i said hey i own one of those shirts too that's great i haven't worn it for like two years i'm gonna throw it on and it's gonna be a joke i want to get out of this as quickly as possible and Amanda, yes, I'll have no clothes on very shortly. But my point is, I think that that is like, well, it looks like sort of maybe the thing it looks kind of hip because there's some jeans involved. And then my next question is, what are the shoes? Because in my opinion, dress shoes, that's where I dress, draw the line. If there are brown dress shoes attached to this, jeans, I jeans will lose my is. mind. Yeah. But if there was like, some retro blue and white Jordans. Hey, I might be okay with that. I I like that. That was great commentary. My my point is far more simpler than that. Although it, it is interesting to think about what they're wearing below the waist. I assumed it was dress slacks and dress shoes, but you might be right, Mark. Maybe they it, go no, so far. No, it could it definitely is. be khakis. But if there's loafers or dress shoes, that's when I lose my my mind. Yeah, I'm not. No. My simple point is. If we are going to become more casual as an industry, hallelujah, let's do that. But we do not need to clone each other and all wear the same thing from the East Coast to the West Coast. Um, And so I would like to see some quarter zips. I would like to see, you know, wear a dress shirt with dress slacks and and roll up your sleeves a little. Um, I don't know, like Chad said, Wear a Gucci t-shirt and jeans and some Gucci shoes to show that it's expensive. I don't know. I'm making shit up. But let's not all do the same thing. Apparently, everyone is dying to get out of the suit and tie. And the fucking vest and the dress shirt was the uh, the uh, life preserver. Everyone was looking to swim. <laughs> the to life preserver. My lord. <laughs> My lord. I'm tired oh. of it. I'm sick of it. Um, Chad... It's time to put you in your best place. This is uh, this is where you thrive. Um, looking at the details, dealing with spreadsheets, analyzing numbers. Here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing, everyone listening. Uh, Secure 2.0 and the tax credits, which we've talked about before on this show, they are a big deal, and especially if you're into sales and closing new business, and especially if you don't mind slinging a few startups. Um, Secure 2.0 in the tax credits is going to basically flip upside down 
everything you've done for the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years, because you got a lot of new uh, advantages to pull on. Um, Chad has created a, a calculator via a spreadsheet. Mind you, we're not trying to sell you anything right now. We'd like to convert this to more of like an online app type of thing and less of a spreadsheet, which I've got some plans to do for him. And you all can access it for free. So it's we're not trying to sell anything. It's more about the conversation that this may drive. So bear with me because I know Amanda's going to hate this. And Chad is going to be very awkward for you. If you've ever had your own video play for a long period of time while you're there, oh, it's, it's not horrible. A yeah, it's bad. Horrible. So if you all could just be patient. Yes, Brandon. Is okay? he doing the audio or are we just running the audio? We're going to run has? it. We're just going to run it. Okay. You're Here, I want to play something for context from the earlier thing, though. Raised in the woods, Oh, hey kid, what'd you do? Jump ship? What? Well, what's with the life preserver? <laughs> Brandon was looking that one up for a oh, while. No. That's good. Okay. All right. I I wish I I want to tell everyone that I was intelligent enough to call it a life preserver because it was a vest and it's fluffy. I just pulled life preserver out of left field. I had no idea that the. Oh, I thought you intentionally did that. Damn it! I could have looked so smart. Um. Yeah, so we're going to play about three minutes of Chad going through this this calculator. And let me give it some context here. I just think advisors that want to go out and sell startups need to get very comfortable with tax credits and how they will represent them, how they will talk about them. And so hopefully Chad's little presentation here can kick off this conversation for us. So Chad... Take it away, virtual chat GPT. I'll drink Chad. Oh, and if your head's getting in the way of a shit, move out. All right, here we go. You've got a client that is delayed putting in a plan. They're now a 40-person company. Let's say of those 40 people, 35 of them are non-highly compensated. And let's say we're gonna start plan this year. There's no automatic enrollment and they're paying between startup costs and annual administration. Let's say their build expense is six grand. With the new Secure 2.0 credit that's in front of them for plan expenses in this first year, they're gonna get a $5,000 tax credit, dollar for dollar credit of the six grand of expenses that they have. But of that six grand, there's still a thousand dollars they're not getting a tax benefit on. So we're going to come down, we're going to calculate what the deduction is that they're going to get on that remaining $1,000. And so of their six grand of expenses, they're in line to save $5,400 in taxes. Boom, baby, $5,400 on six grand of expenses, but it gets even better. Let's go to the contribution credit. The 2023 plan, they've got 35 people who are earning less than $100,000. And let's say they're going to give a $50,000 safe harbor match. In that first year in 2023, they're gonna qualify for a $35,000 tax credit. It's the lesser of a thousand times the number of, of people earning under 100K or the full matching dollars. In this case, we've got 35 people under 100K, so it's a $35,000 tax credit. There's still $15,000 between the credit and the total matching contribution. So $15,000 in a 40% tax credit or 40% tax bracket means they're going to save another six grand 
and a deduction. So of the $50,000 match, they're going to be in line for $41,000 of tax savings. This isn't even taking into account the fact that we're using the safe harbor to allow the owners to maximize their deferrals. So there's even more tax savings. We're just focusing on the credit and the deduction of the employer contribution there. Now, don't confuse clients by getting into all the nitty gritty. All the data can pull and show your, your total cost credit is $5,000. Your deduction on the remaining cost is $400. Your employer contribution credit is $35,000. Your remaining contribution tax deduction on the difference is six grand. They're going to get $46,400 in tax savings. Again, not even including the deferral savings that they're going to get by allowing them to maximize their deferrals. Just based upon the match and the cost credit, they're going to get back $46,400 of the 56,000, 50,000 in match, 6,000 in expense, they're going to get 46,4 of the $56,000 in, in tax back on those contributions. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Secure 2.0. <laughs> Great question, David. It is, you do have to think about year two and year three, and that's actually built into this, if you can hear me. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, two and um, three is in there. It takes into the account how it phases down. It takes into account auto enroll. It takes into the account the lowering of the percentage of credit that you get as you go every step above 50, when you get to 51, to 53, to 60, to 80. Um, so all of that's built in, but it's different sheets, obviously. It'll be a different flow chart in the URL. If you click, I'm one through 50 or I'm 51 through 100. Hey, and, and here, what I said before, and descend. So you can also, if you saw at the beginning, you can click to add the auto enroll too, and it'll add the 500 bucks in there. Um, but uh, this isn't, we're not, this is not a product spotlight like before. This was literally, Chad was showing me this. And I was like, because yes, this is something that we want to create to make available to advisors. And by the way, anybody, anybody out there that wants to use it, I don't give a shit. But the point was, it's like, I'm like, Chad, wow. We've been talking about these tax credits in theory on this show for a while. And now it just really hit home for me. And I'm sorry if I'm the slow surfer, but I'm like, this is real. This is legit. This is amazing. Like to be able to walk in and show people there's a, there's a recent article from Fred Bernstein that says people are going to start selling plans that are free again, you know, like, Hey, your plan's free. In Chad's example, it wasn't quite quite free because he used a different example, but you could use the same calculator to show people that their plan is free. Um, um, and then lastly, I want to kick off the conversation, and you should probably quarterback it, Chad, but then you also take it into your old context of showing them design, <laughs> like cross-tested design and how much of the of the profit sharing contribution they would get and what that would mean from them in tax savings. And you slide this fucking numbers into it, which is kind of ingenious. And I'm sure there's other TPAs that are doing that. But so anyways, it wasn't about showcasing the calculator. It was about, uh, isn't this cool? It's, Let's talk it's, about it, it. It's the, I think even though we're three months into this, two plus months into this, I'm still not coming across advisors that know how this works. They, they're not sitting down able to calculate what the credit actually will be. They don't know how to communicate it. They don't know what the deduction versus the credit is. And I'm sitting here going, what in the world are you doing? This is where you should be spending some time right now. If you, if you even sell a singular startup plan, 
in the, in the next year, two or three. You need to have this down. You need oh, to bro, understand how if, to communicate this. If you go in and you don't, you're kind of doing them a disservice, aren't you? Um, uh, listen to Brian Anderson on Foreign Case Specialist podcast with a pooled employer plan lover. Um, what's his name? Damn it. Help me out, chat bar. Oh, um, Swisher? Swisher. And he does a great bit inside of that podcast where he talk, he he calls it like back of the napkin where you need to uh, be able to advise. He says, advisors by summertime need to be very comfortable with their kind of pen on the back of the napkin to explain this stuff. Chad's obviously put it here well, in a calculator format. We'd like to expand. And it that is, that's that's been my point. The guys know we met this past week as, as, as I've been putting this together and, and blending it into what is our tax illustration. Um, <laughs> did, and, I say, and did I say envelope? <laughs> It's a back no, of the what? Said back of a napkin. Oh, napkin. Yeah. Sorry. napkin. My bad. Um, but I've been telling the guys. There's no back of a napkin. Napkin both sides. It's back it's of an envelope. Like, <laughs> like, bro, Apple hey, was created the on the back of a napkin. napkin. I don't know. I just, um, I might disagree with that a little bit. <laughs> it, point being, don't get lost in the calculations. Understand how to communicate the tax credit and the tax deductions. And so everything that we've done, everything we've talked about with the sales team is like, look, don't worry about showing them we have 35 people who are under 100k in FICA and you have this and you have that. Worry about communicating accurately the tax savings that they're going to get for starting a plan. Um, That's what this calculator is meant to do. Don't worry about the calculations. Worry about the outcome. Well, I, I think there's two paths down the road here and both are really valuable. One is the more complicated approach and you're going to have clients that like numbers they're very interested in tax savings. They're very interested in the numbers working from a business perspective. Um, as third-party administrators, and there's some tuned in tonight, we live and breathe on that, right? Like to be able to show someone a design that makes sense mathematically is like, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, right? It's like you, you can look them in the eye and say, this is a no-brainer. Like this makes sense financially. And well, so- for people who don't do this every day, JD, let's be very clear. Mark, Justin, you guys can validate this for me. You go see 100 clients that you're doing a startup for. What, 90 of them say, oh, we can't afford an employer contribution right now. Like it's it's right. almost every time. They say, oh, we're not we're not ready to budget for a match. We're not in a position for that. And when you're able to articulate for them that you don't have to budget for it, we can use tax credits to cover the match. There's no, there's going to be no net cost or a tax positive plan for you. That's when the light bulb finally goes off in their head that they're like, oh my gosh, I can do this. I can reward my employees. I'm just taking money that I'm already given to the IRS. I'm pulling it back and now I'm giving it to my employees. That's and when things change, Justin. What? Internal revenue Internal service. revenue service. And you can go more complicated. We're not going to give you a demo tonight, but I'd love for you to close your eyes and think about Chad, what he showed me earlier today is, you can actually dive into the cross-tested profit sharing, you know, type of plan and 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 bring this savings into that and help show how the whole thing works in an even bigger way and a better way or worse or not worse or just as good. If the cross-testing didn't work that great, like it wasn't a slam dunk, but it was pretty good. Now you can use the tax credits to really soften that, make it look even better, like it boosts it up. And then on the other path, so that was the complicated path. 
On the other path, you can go more um, simple. And Chad, you said that Justin, Mark, were very aware of this, where you, you're just going to go in and be like, hey, bro, this, this plan is basically free for you. So you're going to get I, five I, grand. I will, I will never say that. You but, could. But you ah, that gives the wrong interpretation. That's, that's, yeah. that's like, well, that's, that's, pay. Here's that's the greasy. Next, that's here's greasy. The next, here's the next one I want to ask you then, because hopefully people listening in, this is what they're asking themselves too, is these are year one numbers. These things, a lot of these things, the employer side will, will structure down in year two and year three. This whole thing will vanish in three years. So we all as an industry have to get comfortable at explaining that, okay, this is for the next year and the year after that, and the year after that. Am I, am I making sense? Uh, it, the, the cost credit it, does, but the, the it, match credit phases out over five years. Five yeah. years, but it phases. It gets but let's not forget, down. you guys, yeah. take a step back six months. That's all you're doing. You're just going back to the conversation yeah. we had six yeah. months ago, which is, hey, in years four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, things are going to change. We're, we, we try to design a plan that will work for you for 50 years, but it never does. So you have to be consultative to your client. And maybe it is. You open up a safe harbor plan that they fund heavily for for five years and claim as much of the credit as they can. And then they go to a discretionary with vesting to capture some of the forfeitures after maybe they remove the match. Like, oh, that's can part we of it guys. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want that, but for people who are knocking it, that it only lasts for five years, then it goes you back to the I same mean, conversation we have for the last 50 years. Yeah. Um, getting more money. I don't think we talked about that in detail because like this industry is full of details. Um, but the employer contribution to get the government um, for them to ch chip in, it has to be 100% vested, yes? Which is why you kind of use the safe harbor for your example. Is that accurate? Yes, I'm writing in here right now. It's five years. Is that right? What's that? That's the, again? Your, your employer contribution has to be 100% vested to get the government contribution? No. No, it doesn't. Okay. No, no. Okay, my bad. No, it's any employer contribution, any employer dollars going into the plan. So you can have six years match or non-elective investing on it, and yes. you'll still get your government money. Yes, you're still getting the credit back. Okay, okay. Um. Anyways, we've talked about this before. The point is, you should be brushing your teeth in the mirror in the morning, and then saying to yourself looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, what's my pitch? How do I talk to my client about this? How do I, how do I present it? Do I do it on the simple side, the, the, the complicated side? Go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to make one last point on the credit because I feel like this is part of our uh, secret sauce. Um, every advisor I've ran into, and we have many third-party administrators on that I've ran into, they always tend to show the tax savings. And they show the tax saving based upon the contribution going out the door. What I rarely run into people that do is they show the net effect of the tax savings, which is what are we getting back in tax credit or, or deduction? And what is going out the door in employer contribution or cost and operations? So you either run an employee benefit plan, which means your, your match costs more and the tax savings that you're getting as an owner the, or as the a company. Math, the math doesn't make sense. The math. Or you're, you're running a tax-efficient plan where your tax savings exceeds 
the match that you're giving for the Chad, contribution that you're getting. What what is our safe harbor um, contribution at Plan Design Consultants in those two groups? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I'm not in there calculating who's participating and getting it's an that. Em, it's an employee benefit. Sorry, continue it's an employee on. benefit for sure. <laughs> Um, but, but my point is don't just stop and show what the tax savings is work with the client and be able to articulate what the net tax savings is. Yeah, it's great. They get to save 60 K, but if they save 60 K and they're giving up hundred grand, they still gave up 40 grand. It cost them 40 grand to run a hundred thousand dollar match plan. But if they save 60 K and they only matched 40, then they're net ahead 20 grand a year. They clawed back 60 grand from the IRS and they gave 40 to their hardworking employees. You need to be able to articulate it in that capacity. 100%. Because if you go back to that thing of saying like, you can look at your prospect and if you've communicated the numbers effectively, you can say, this is a no brainer. Like this makes sense. And, and, and we'll end it with this. How cool is it going to be to go to small employers and help them put in a plan where their employees are going to look at them and be like, what? We're getting a 401k and we're getting an employer contribution from you at, at our flower shop or auto body shop on the corner. They're, your employees are going to be like, fucking, this is sick. Like, this is awesome. And you get to be the employer to give that to them. And people like Chad, Mark, Justin, people tuning in, you out there as an advisors can let that business owner know this is a no brainer mathematically. Like this makes sense for you. You're not losing any money on this and all you're getting is benefit. Um, all pray and hail uh, secure 2.0 tax credits right now. Just give him your, your pray Just to them. Get on your when, knees. When it came out, shit. remember, we said on the show, the way in which the community presents startup plans is going to change. It will be forever different as long as this exists. And yeah. we're seeing it, guys. We do a lot of startup plans, hundreds every year. It is dramatically changing our conversations. It's going to be massive. Justin and Mark are going to triple their numbers from last year based on- already, yeah, we, already did. We jumped their quota four times. So um, as long as they triple, they'll be close to getting a bonus. We're, we're going to go chap our champion. Uh, last week's chap our champion was uh, Schaffner, Brett Schaffner. Um, thanks to Mark's um, Inspector Clouseau um, work, we have found out that Schaffner is not at home. Uh, this week, I reached out to him via Instagram, backed it up. He's not there. So I told him we'd hit him up next week. Um, and I'm tired of. Oh, yeah, that's next week. Yeah, yeah. We need time for that. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, because fuck the after vote, show. Justin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chapter champion vote. Just thanks, Chad. Great. Take the reins like that sometimes. I like that. Hackler. Nice. I'll get I'll back up Hackler Two hacklers. I mean that like he, he was he was he was bringing Dude, it tonight. Bringing ev everybody brought it tonight. Samson's Aaron Chubby comment. I wrote down Mike D for JD's past account. Is that Vestwell? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> that but was Kush, really funny. Kush won it with the conundrum of does Brandon focus his energy in the porn industry and then highlights this on Thursday nights? Or does he focus his energy in this industry and highlight in the porn industry once a week? That won it for me. So Kush, Kush is my vote. You know what I like about you guys? You're going for the like the goats. Ah, you're going for it's the goats. It's just too good. It's just too they're too good of a night. Yeah. 
I dig it. I dig it. Okay, Mark, Amanda, Amanda you had a great pissed. night, Amanda. But poof, it was solid. Mark, you wait, can... who who was everyone voting for? Kushner. Kush, Kush. Well, or I did hack. Girl, hack, 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 and Kush. Uh, I just want to see hack versus Kush on something. Okay, so let's do it. Yeah, I'll I'll All vote right. for Kush. Hack versus Kush. Two oh. two. You know how we do this, people. Sorry, Amanda. That comment was great. Mark I'm me. Sorry. Mark me. Wow. Amanda, it wouldn't have, if, if, Amanda, think about this logically. You're very you're smarter than all of us up here. If I voted for you, Hack would win. You're I don't think wrong. you want Hack to get a guaranteed win. She hasn't been here a while. She's not used to the new rules. Shush. Oh, yeah. We don't vote anymore. We don't vote anymore. I love, I love how she's. Amanda, you're awesome. Um, okay. So we got a, we got a tie break. So um, Kush and Hack. And we're gonna leave it to Roby. Take your time, Rob. It's it's a sentence that you want them to finish. You, we know the drill. Everyone knows how it works. Take it away, Rob guy. Oh, you want me to do the sentence? No, yeah, I, I I I really text message. What? Yeah, Troy, I know. Troy text. Yeah. Hey, what do I say, everyone? People listen to the show. Yeah. People listen. <laughs> yeah. For those that don't get the inside joke, we just got text messages that their vests are burnt. People from the, we got up. text messages from the bestie besties and they're not happy with the show tonight all right mark yeah you gotta oh. tie break this uh okay um jesus um easy what i like to put my bitcoin um, in, in my <laughs> uh no uh the I, I got nothing, man. I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I took Robe Guy on a date, I would take him to... Nice. Okay. If I took Robe Guy on a date, I would take him to... Kush, hack, you know what to do. Take your time. You don't. It doesn't have to be quick. We got time, man. Life Ooh. is precious. Ooh, Just chill. Hack, hack responded quickly to Mark's heart. Pebble I've Beach. Been, I've, I've, oh. I've, I've, I've been there. Oh shit, Pebble Beach. Hey, Hackler, I've already taken them there. A couple of times. Kush, Kush is waiting to like drop some fucking hardcore Republican shit right now. Either that, or <laughs> he just signed off right away. Did he? <laughs> is Kush gone? Here. No, he's nice. Here. Uh, the vast playoff store. <laughs> Good job, Kush. Uh, come on, Kush is the winner. Yeah. Okay, Kush, you're the winner. Well, well done, done, Kush. Um, Kush, next week, are there going to be kids at your house? Because I don't fucking wait. No, <laughs> no, Kush. Kush is where the older. his his sons crush the 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 um hot wings. I think right. Anyways, doesn't matter. We're not shopping food next week. We're going gifts things. So okay, next week. Oh shit! Sorry, everybody. Jeez. Oh, uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, we love you. We appreciate you. The show's about to wrap. Uh, next week, we are traveling. We are going to be doing a live onstage show in uh, Denver, Colorado for the Advisor Group's Employer Retirement Plan Summit. Um, here's the cool thing. It's at 5.30 Denver time. Which is, you guessed it, 4.30. Normal. At normal time. 
Okay, you've been through this before if you're one of our faithful viewers. Like, it's a lot on Brandon to stream live. It can be tough, but... <laughs> we're going to give it a shot, you know? We're going to give it a shot. Wait, hold on. You said we're, we're, we're streaming we, live? Yeah, yeah. Do we have a guest, Good. JD? Do we're we gonna try. Guess? We're gonna try. Remember? Yes. Um. Um. Brad. Brad. Brent. Brad. Brad. It's not Brad. Shot. Um. God damn it, Chad. Why do you have Brian? That kind of shit. Brian. Bra okay. Is with us on stage, and then we're gonna have another advisor join us through the show. But it's a normal show, but on stage. My point is, we'll try to stream it to you at the same time. But you know how that works. Shit could go weird. Um. So. Will we give prizes to the chat bar champions next week, Brett Schaffner and Kush? Yeah, because that will make for a good comedy bit on stage in front of a live audience, right? To, yeah. To let them know what we bought at Walmart or whatever. So we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. And um, so, yeah, next week we'll be hopefully coming to you here on the same bat channel, same bat time, but with technical difficulties live from the stage. And if you tune in and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Well, you know, it's hard. Brandon fucked up. We had to, our first priority is to do the live show and do a good job at it because they paid us a shit. percent of the time, it works <laughs> every time. Because they paid us a shit ton of money to go there and do it. And so we got to do a good job. But hopefully we'll pull it all off live. Um, Justin needs to leave so bad. Look at him. He's it. getting antsy over there. Go fuck. We're out. We're done. Uh, no, I, I chose, stick. I chose this week's song. I heard it on the radio. I thought it was cool. I, uh, and then I found the YouTube video. It's, it's not quite as cool as hearing it audio only, but Brandon play it out and everyone will hopefully see you next week. If not, we'll see you the week after that. Thanks for being our retire hogs family. We love you. And, um, yeah, we are the retireholics, and we are changing the retirement plan industry one fucking beer at a time, motherfuckers. We're out. Peace. <laughs>